Uh, welcome back to the Pod of Greed on APS Amplifier. Yeah, uh, we're back for episode two. A lot of you guys really liked the first episode, which, um, thanks. Yeah. In a Appreciate weird way, it. for me, it's like episode one. Last episode felt like a pilot. Yeah, I'd almost say this is like the actual sort of first episode. So, uh, you know, thank you. Shout out to all of you guys for the positive feedback. We are, of course, reading all the comments. You know what my favorite comments were? Hmm. The ones that came up within like eight minutes of the video going live and so they literally could not have watched. Yeah, there's like always the comments thing. like that. Um, <laughs> we're open to, you know, any feedback, criticism. I know a lot of you guys said you wanted us to add the podcast to uh, maybe like Apple Music, Spotify, or podcast dudes. So we don't, I, I'll have to figure out how to <laughs> do all that stuff. But we will get that stuff added on. Um, also, this time we're experimenting with multiple cameras, which oh, yeah. hopefully will like... Be able to get here, that to work here and there. Oh, uh, there's a really cool comment comment that I saw pop up a lot. People wanted us to put like viewer suggested topics or just different topics in the pot of greed, and then like we like draw cards from uh, the pot of greed. You know, I like that. Do, I like do, different I like that. topics. I thought that might be fun. Uh, we'll do that if you guys want us to talk about specific things, now, news stories. I will warn you. I'm fairly certain at some point we're gonna attempt that. It's gonna get stuck on our hand, and then we'll yeah, that'll we'll be. have a clip. Oh, we'll have a clip. Yeah, we'll have our, our first clip or oh, you know, okay, we gotta, like the we viral podcast or whatever. Okay, so we have news and stuff to talk about. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh card games and other card things. game adjacent. It's um bandless season. It was banless season a week ago. It's that time of the year I notice where people like do the whole comment on all those Konami social media posts. Yeah. Where it's like banless, banless, where's the banless? And there's like the memes and like, we don't care, where's the banless? How do you feel about it? You you think that the I mean, we've made so much content around banless season. It feels almost wrong. It feels kind of wrong to be too critical of it all, you know? Yeah, people get antsy. And I, I get it, Cause yeah. Because I, I always want to take this kind of, like, high road approach. Like, the band is going to come when it comes. You guys need to just chill out and wait. But then I think the fanfare is kind of, like, a part of it all. Yeah, that's true. I think that these days I'd almost say that the band list is more of an event mm-hmm. than an It's, like, more... The band list concept is more important than the list itself, it feels like. That's... Very, that's a very good Where, point, honestly. Because, like, I think everybody knows this point, right? Like, the ban list isn't going to fix Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Like, it's not going to, like, fix every little problem you have with the game. Because, like, I think that hand traps are toxic. You think that floodgates are toxic. Mm-hmm. I think that these combo decks are bad. And someone else thinks that the control decks are bad. And they should go back to this. And they should go back to that. And I like 2016 more. And 2018 must peak Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> you know, it's kind of just, like, I think what people want now more than anything is just, it, it's just, like, the the breath of fresh air that a band list provides the new the renewed interest, which I feel I feel like it barely even does that because there's so much hype before a band list drops mm-hmm. and we've had a few band lists in recent memory where they've been very lukewarm to the yeah. point where like well I think what it seems like Konami's been doing lately that I've noticed is like the the, the lists have gotten outside of maybe a couple of exceptions like. More and more like reserved and sparse and like just we'll just kind of like hit the bare minimum or they'll do that thing where it's like they kind of hit stuff that seemed like it was more of a problem like in the format before last or something. Right. Like they're kind of behind the curb. So kind of like they kind of let power creep. 
do it really do, do do most of the heavy lifting now because I just want to draw attention to the fact that Sword Soul have all of their cards. Yeah, and like Despia, and they, they just kind of got crept. You know, an engine. Uh, Did Despia get crept? Because I think I saw some kind of comes Nats. back. Yeah, it, like, it comes and goes. Okay, it's interesting because like in Master Duel, I play a lot of that, and like in Master Duel, they've constantly like, you know, they hit Despia and they like kind of will give it a card back and they'll hit another thing. But like in the TCG, it's got like everything, but it's still like kind of evaded banless notice. I think it, only recently. Is it Max C? Yeah, maybe Max C helps. Maybe that's the Master Duel touch. But um, yeah, the Brave Engine or the Adventure Token Engine. I know yep. that was one where people were like. They need to hit this. It's so crazy. And then, like, it just kind of, they just let it rock. And, like, so, you know. It's interesting, the idea of letting power creep just really run your game. I've noticed that in other TCGs, you know, I play a lot of Digimon. Mm-hmm. And their ban lists are, I mean, they're barely ban lists. They don't like banning <laughs> cards. They'll usually just limit something to hit a deck's consistency. But they don't like getting rid of powerful cards if they can help it. Yeah. I think Yu-Gi-Oh's kind of taken a similar approach. Something that I do think a lot of people don't consider with ban lists is that, like, they can't hit any given thing too hard because, like, you don't want to burn any certain, like, players too much. Like, if it's not a tier elements type of situation, it's probably just best to let people complain about the Adventure Token Engine, but then kind of find their own counterplay and then just let it fizzle. And I mean, maybe that's how it is now, but that's not how it used to yeah, be. Yeah, I think in the past it's been different. I think lately well, I they've been Remember when they banned Construct? Yeah, I remember that. That was, like, the... the Kind of 2015 ban list, like Didn't late 2015. Dante get banned, or was just limited? Burning Abyss actually, I remember them being one of the ones that escaped a lot of the ban list. Like, like I think Dante, or maybe it was like it was, it was like Seer and Graf that got that, limited. Yeah, and I think that was the big thing for Burning Abyss. But yeah, so um, to be clear, I don't even know what the current like TCG competitive format. I don't know enough about it to speak in any informed way about what's supposed Man, to get I've in. I've been following, and I'm so interested. It's so diverse and mucky. Yeah, that much I do know. I just I know like people were saying that Kashira is like the worst thing in the world, but then it's also like I know as of the last weekend, I've heard like Super Heavy Samurai and Pirelli are now like yeah, on the map. It's a real Dex. So and there's something else we're forgetting about too. But once again, this yeah. is a math mech. Yeah, I know. Well, no, that's more of a Master Duel thing. Or is it a TCG thing? I think it's in the TCG, too. But maybe I it's... I also know there's the Master branded Duel expulsion news. thing. People don't like that because it summons... Which one's branded expulsion? That's the, it's like they're the trapped. Trap? It summons yeah, okay. like the gimmick puppet to your opponent and they can't yeah. do anything. There's like little things like that that I suppose could probably afford to go. They also... Another thing is a dimensional barrier. Everyone says that they want that to get like limited or banned. I've heard that so many formats, and it feels like that's one of those cards mm-hmm. that Konami just never, they don't seem like they ever really will hit it. So maybe it's not it's a such a, thing. It's so specific and limited to Who really don't tell just, that to the wrong crowd. I know, we're, but we're whining, because it could be a actual floodgate, but it's not. Yeah, so, I don't know, I mean, even, I know like, there are people who think that it's like the most toxic thing in the world, and I, I don't, I think that there are worse things. A well-planned D-barrier will crush your soul, but you can say that about a lot of cards. Yeah, that almost defines Yu-Gi-Oh! today. Is like There are many cards that are truly just like, turn-stopping. Like, you know, Like Dark Ruler No More and uh Yeah, there was a D, time when people uh, wanted that banned. Who's the, the hand trap that banishes everything? That, yeah, D-Shifter. D-Shifter. People hate that. Those are cards that if they resolve at the right moment, you kind of have to scoop. Yeah, now I know at least in this case, the ban list... It makes sense that people want it because, like, the Nat season is kind of about to start. So these last mm-hmm. little round of regionals are happening, and then 
Most regions are going to be having like their nationals. So it would make sense for them to kind of hurry and get this list out there so people can prepare for their trips and prepare. So I, I do get that antsiness. Yeah. It's just... um, It's summer, boys. I don't know. I just think it's funny when, like, just the, the Konami makes a post about, like, here's some concept art of, you know, Vicious Astraloud, and people are just, like, memeing it or whatever. They don't care. I know. It's always funny, funny to me. I think ever since I went to my first Nats, I always associate National Season with Battles of Legend. Yeah. And I always associate Battles of Legend with new Performer Power support. And so I can't wait for Nats so we get more Performer Power support. Yeah. We might be in Nats. Not sure yet. It could be a fun. Where's our Nats this year? It's Pittsburgh, Raleigh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Kind of seems like the middle of nowhere, but maybe there's something. It's cool. one of those, uh, you, we're in school and you're learning your, your states and their capitals. It's one of the ones you remember really easily, but what? But what's in what's in Raleigh? Do you know, does anyone know anything there? I think Mega Capital. No hate G. to people who live out there. I think he lives there. Oh, I remember well, that not. from years ago. I don't know why. There's like <laughs> that's some, a random fact. Yeah, I remember there was like some YouTube thing. I don't know. Did you just dox? No, I mean he he said it. <laughs> Maybe. Uh-oh. Don't clip this. Sorry, uh, Randall. So yeah, that bandless season it's coming up. You guys can let us know what you think should 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 get hit. We are not experts, so don't listen to any of our. Musings on what should or shouldn't. We don't even have our invites. Happen. I do. You have an invite? I got one in 2019, and apparently it just has carried over. That's because, <laughs> because if you got it in 2019, you know, 2020's nationals got banned. Or not, I'm going get banned. Got, <laughs> got, got banned. 2020's nationals got canceled. And so then they were like, okay, like your invite will swing over to 2021. And then 2021 didn't have a nationals. Last year, 2022, it had a nationals. But they said that you didn't have to enter that one because, like, some people still at that point might have been wary of like you know the COVID thing, and so this is the, so you apparently can still use an invite this year. So I have a a, four, a nearly four year old invite for a completely different Yu Gi Oh basically. <laughs> I remember because that um, was that was in that time when you went to quite a few different tournaments. Yeah, I was in my little competitive. You went a little on my grind, and then someone stole my deck at a YCS, and I was like, I'm done with this shit for a while. But anywho, um, Nats, um, ban lists. Crazy things happening. Um, okay, I actually have a real story though. Okay, that's not <laughs> the bandless isn't a real story. No, it's it's just an event. All right, here's one that I think that you will like. Oh, we'll see about that. Yu-Gi-Oh player reportedly rents girl to play the game with him. <laughs> have you seen this? <laughs> I've seen the bare minimum about this. Yeah, so a Yu-Gi-Oh player has boasted online about how he has been quote renting a woman who comes on dates to play the game with him. So, um, yeah, basically, in a post that has since been marked by Twitter as containing sensitive content, a user known by the handle um, Amorises, I might have said that wrong, posted a photo of himself playing the trading card game against an unnamed woman. The picture shows no faces, but it does depict the two players holding their Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Well, how do we know that that's what the picture is depicting? Yeah, so the tweet itself was not posted in English, but it translated roughly to a statement um, from the poster saying that he'd wanted to play Yu-Gi-Oh, quote, no matter what, mm-hmm. um, which resulted in his hiring a girl to come to his house and join the game. So I guess he was lonely and did not have friends or a place to play. So he rented this girl, which I guess is more common where he is. I don't know. So I know that uh, I've actually heard the story that people would play Yu-Gi-Oh, but they have no one to play with. I've heard that quite a few times. So that tracks. Yeah, and so after several times, he showed up with her own self-built deck, which is kind of the, you know, happy ending to the story, is that while it sounds, I guess, pitiful and pathetic that you're, like, renting a girl to play Yu-Gi-Oh! with you, 
eventually she got into it enough herself that she built a deck. Because I guess, like, up to then, he was probably mm. lending her decks. And then... I wonder, but is that pitiful? Well, you know, that, that's, like, the sentiment everybody has. It's like, like, you're pathetic, you're renting a girl to play Yu-Gi-Oh with you because, like, you don't have any friends. Because, or... I mean, I, I know quite a few people who couldn't even do that much. Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, you think this is... No, I think it's, I think it's a good, uh, like, wholesome story. I mean, it's, I mean, she's a rental girlfriend, not to be confused with the anime, the same name. This is a job, and she has a, she has a regular client who has a very specific taste, and it could be a lot worse, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it could yeah, be a lot really worse. Good. And... She is doing her utmost to provide entertainment and quality time. And if she's learning Yu-Gi-Oh! at the same time, that means this guy's also spreading the game. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you first see it, it obviously is like a funny headline. It's like very cringe, nerd, like, you know, so desperate. But honestly, uh, I mean, you know. Like like you said, like there could be worse things. Yeah, like yeah. like he could be like have some weird kink or like, you know, be like a creeper. But if he's just asking her to play Yu-Gi-Oh! and like it sounds like she's enjoying it enough to build her own deck, so I like mean bring it and play it. It was probably a strange request early on and you know, maybe not the way you usually want to approach a girl or even a girl you've rented. So it's a strange con- concept, at least where we are, uh, rental girlfriends aren't a thing. Yeah, I think in North America, or just maybe like the West or whatever, like I don't think that that sort of service is seen as, like that would just, that's just a little creepy and desperate, but I think. But I don't know, we've never really tried. I might put an ad in a paper and see what yeah, I can get. Yeah, you're renting, renting a girlfriend? Or is Craigslist still a thing? I don't know. I mean, I think because now, now it's, like, supposed to actually be, like, a buy and sell safe site. I know it's, it's like, had rumors of being... For a video, I would be willing to try to rent a duelist. Do you remember that one site where you could rent, like, a girl to play video games with you? What was that called? Oh, my this? God. I forgot about I that. that they, they reached out. They reached out to us to do, like, a, a sponsored video. This was years ago. I don't remember what it was called. Oh, man. You're right. There was... Like something star... Yeah, because for context, guys, uh, I want to say years ago, we were contacted by this service where you could get kind of your own gamer girl to play games with you for like yeah, it's like rent a gamer girl. Yeah, that's that yeah. was what the service was, and we thought it was ludicrous, and we but we did entertain the idea of doing the uh, sponsorship. We did not go through with it. It was just a little too strange, but I wonder if. If if is that service still around and can I rent a Yu-Gi-Oh player? I mean, I'm sure you can rent someone to play Duel Links or Master Duel because, like, on that service, it was no. I want webcam. I want dirty YCS level. Oh goodness! Oh, you want the remote <laughs> duel experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you wanted to bring Cash Tira. That is a thing now. You know what's interesting actually is like I wonder why this guy didn't play Master Duel or Duel Links. I guess he wanted like the physical. Yeah, I mean, face to face because Master Duel and Duel Links are fine, but. You know, we all started this game playing physically. So some referred to the guy renting the lady to play as a, quote, legend or called him based. Um, I'm using air quotes because they actually, they're quoted. I mean, they quoted it. While others referred to him as depraved. Um, multiple comments made in good humor also flooded their replies with people saying things like, I'm in the wrong industry. So. Um, I yeah. mean, hey, guys, guys and girls, um, I am sure, I am 110% sure that there are plenty of Yu-Gi-Oh! players 
all over the world that would rent you to play Yu-Gi-Oh with them. So maybe uh, put that start putting that out there. Put some feelers out. See if anybody uh, anybody hiring. Yeah, I, I think that this is actually like a feel-good story. Like I walk away from this smiling and not like I don't think it's that cringy really. I know some people do, but question, Paul. Answer. If given the opportunity, would you rent yourself out to play Yu-Gi-Oh with a stranger? See, you can't ask me that because, like, I haven't like we're we're Yugi tubers. Like that that would it would be like too. Because I think that part of the thing with like a rental girlfriend is also that they don't know anything else about you other than that like they've just rented you oh. for the day. But if it was me, like they'd be like, oh, I love like this video and pretend, like I want to like, make this content that and... somehow they wouldn't hear your voice or see your face and they wouldn't. Know. Oh, mm. I don't know how we do it, but pretend I'll get they back do. to you on that with my <laughs> answer, but. This guy, he rented her, and she was happy, and he's happy. And hey, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm gonna transcends. I'm not, I'm not, they're not renting me out, but well, Yu-Gi-Oh transcends all barriers, guys. Uh, so yeah, that's my story. Yeah, that's pretty dope. That is that's pretty dope. Um, this is more card game adjacent. Okay. So Viz. You know, large multimedia company. They launched their own, they their own manga reading app with a with a subscription. They didn't have this before. They actually they only had Shonen Jump, and Shonen Jump is you know a brand underneath Viz and the, but right okay. They only offer specific Shonen Jump manga, but Viz owns way more than just Shonen Jump. Right. Okay. So on their new service, you can read more than just well, Shonen Jump things like Yu-Gi-Oh and like Dragon Ball. There, I saw like Inuyasha and all these more like mature works that aren't just for like teenagers. Does the Yugi? Are there any new like Yu-Gi-Oh mangas that are airing? So I say airing. airing. Sorry, um, <laughs> publishing or in serialization. So technically, yes. But the situation with Yu-Gi-Oh manga are that they update horrendously slowly. So okay. there's the Yu-Gi-Oh OCD structures manga where you follow your main character who plays the closest thing we've seen to modern Yu-Gi-Oh ever. Because mm-hmm. we've, we've seen them use like Thunder Dragons. We've seen them use like actual competitive decks right and it it, it kind of coincides with ocg releases mm-hmm. and they'll promote new cards and new strategies we've seen them use infernobles now i think about it and then there's the i know there's the sky striker ace ray so that's the like, kind of more one but, but that's probably not even published like in any no one knows but similarly to structures i mean no one really knows when that's gonna update again yeah that's probably not it will you know, update at some point once a year but it's a bit of a telling. shame that Konami doesn't do more with, like, all these lore stories. Like, I know with the OCG, they kind of have... It's, it's going to get into a, a story that I have later, but, like, the OCG gets a lot more, like, cool Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, and I know that they get, like, the lore guides. I'm just always surprised they don't at least make them into manga. Right? Like, I mean, it's a gross underutilization of one of the world's top brands. People don't realize it, but Yu-Gi-Oh is a top, like, media yeah, franchise like in, top in the world. Yeah, And... We're not doing anything with it outside of selling some cards. So, luckily, we have Master Duel now. So, yeah, that's some something, games. you know. Playing some games. And they, and they have the, they launched like Rush Duels in Japan. Yeah, I don't got we, it on here. Well, we have the video game. We, we, we played it once, twice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same. It's, not, it's just not the same. Well, anything else with Viz that like you're reading? 
Like, are you going to be getting so, this subscription? Oh, I'm for sure getting a subscription because it actually has. It? It's like a buck ninety nine, which is actually less than Shonen Jump because I think Shonen Jump is two ninety nine, and it has th- thousands, maybe yeah, thousands of manga, and these are simul these are simul published manga, so they're about as up to date as you can get. That's so inexpensive and officially licensed. Yeah, like no is more it, stealing. You know what's interesting? Um. I guess, like, I'm so used to the, the cost of, like, streaming services and stuff where it's, like, at the cheapest, like, 10 bucks a month and, like, at the most, like, 20 like, Netflix and stuff that, like, hearing that something's, like, oh, like, $1.99 a month to, like, read basically just this huge library of manga, like, maybe people need to, like... I do think people should just be reading more, Like, read more manga. Like, read more comic. Because I think comics are kind of similar. I know that they have, like... Fairly inexpensive subscriptions. With uh, DC and Marvel, these are American comics. Um, they're more expensive, mm-hmm. but they are they're um, really trying to make a, a lot of money with their subscription services. Mm-hmm. It seems like for Viz, this is more supplementary. Yeah, because I I think a buck ninety nine is actually just too cheap in my opinion. I th- it'll probably go up next year. Yeah, likely. I think this might be an introductory price. But um, I mean that's cool though. I mean, a dollar ninety nine just seems. Like, there's just so much entertainment To be clear, you, you can read Yu-Gi-Oh! on both the Shonen Jump app and the Viz Media app, so no yeah, reason not to. as well. I mean... No reason not to. Anything else on it? Just that's that, I mean, that was the long and short of it. Um, there's also a free trial that's available now. It was just weird, because with the announcement that came out a little bit less than 24 hours ago, they launched it. <laughs> like, yeah, they just were like, oh, announcement. Well, I guess just something like that's easier to launch because i mean it's just a sort of a library of manga and it's a library it's things they already had and they already had the scans and the archive they just had to make it publicly available in such a way where they can monetize okay so um here's something kind of only available in u.s and canada here's something also kind of interesting um a japanese restaurant is now selling Yu-Gi-Oh's horrific monster burger which you might know of so yeah monster burger yeah, the Hungry Burger. You remember the Ritual Monster? Oh! Yeah. Mm. A Japanese restaurant is offering a Hungry Burger as part of a special Yu-Gi-Oh! collaboration menu. And it looks like it's the type of burger that could bite back. Is there a picture? I'll show you the picture. I'll try to put it on screen, but... Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so they... Um, in commemoration of the 25th anniversary of the Yu-Gi-Oh! OCG, Coco's Restaurant will be serving up a dish inspired by the Ritual Monster Hungry Burger. Uh, starting May 16th. The horrific hamburger looks mouth-watering, layered up in a bun with lettuce, tomato, and teeth-shaped cheese. Um, also, other items on the Yu-Gi-Oh! collaboration menu include a Galactica Oblivion Parfait, a 7th Road Magician Curry, which should have been the Dragaeus Curry. It should have. They should have done Rustles. the, uh, the Dragaeus Blue Curry. Um, and a Blue Eyes White Dragon Parfait. The dishes will be available in two waves from May 16th through June 5th and June 6th through June 26th. So I have a problem. Okay. Because, and, th- and this is messed up, and I wish I could get this out of my head, but now I can't stop thinking, like, you're eating the Hungry Burger, and, like, you're essentially just Frenching it. Because it's a mouth. You're <laughs> eating with your mouth. Yeah, you're just kind of, it's like a very like, intimate. It feels it's very it's sensual. Although I think that the Hungry Burger is supposed to be the sort of thing where, like, it bites back. Like... You know what I mean? Sometimes you know when like people really get into like kissing. Sometimes they bite a little bit. Yeah, hungry burger. I mean, look, but with hungry burger's teeth, I feel like it's like doing a little more than like biting back. It might leave a hickey. So yeah, that a little more than that. 
Also, um, if you purchase these limited time menu items, you'll receive a card from the OCG oh. or from Rush Duel at random with your order. There are 14 cards up for grabs altogether, and the different ones will be available across different waves. So there's a chance to pick up things like Dark Magician, Elemental Hero Neo, Stardust Dragon, and uh, others. So This reminds me of the illustrious McDonald's collaboration that will go down in history as the greatest thing McDonald's has ever done. Well, that and the, uh, the McGriddle. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's a shame that we can't get stuff like this in America. Because that's what I was saying earlier. At least not anymore. Is like, the OCG just seems like it gets, like, the OCG just gets so much Yu-Gi-Oh! love, right? Like, because this isn't, like, really a, like, you know, tournament or anything like that. It's just like, hey, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh!'s got a kind of iconic food-based monster, and we made it, like, a thing on our menu for a limited time. And so, I don't know, that seems... I'm, I just imagine it's easier... <clears throat> I just imagine it's easier to negotiate these types of like brand sponsorship collaborations when it's a Japanese business talking to Japanese businessmen. Yeah. I mean, meanwhile, we have to have like the Cardi B and Offset meal at McDonald's. That's not even like an actual special thing. It's just the same menu items in a different bag. Man, wouldn't it be wild if we got like like celebrity collaborations with Yu-Gi-Oh? There's a Cardi B and Offset card. <laughs> I think that actually could be kind of fun. I mean, Pokemon's done that. Pokemon did that with like, isn't there like a who's that guy? The rapper? He he they it came out he liked Poke. Oh my god. There's a lot of rappers and I'm sure that like Pokemon. Oh, I forget his name. I'll think of it. Um wait no, he, he played he plays Magic the Gathering. And he I think did a thing with Pokemon. He's a Magic the Gathering rapper. Who did a thing with Pokemon? Yeah, I'm gonna look this up. Are you talking about Post Malone? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. He. Yeah. Because he he played Magic the Gathering, and then he also. I mean, some people maybe wouldn't call him a rapper, but I mean, he, that's the official designation. He, look, he vibes on stage. That's all. That's what I was saying. So, he vibes on stage. Yeah. So it's like, but I think they made a Post Malone card, didn't they? Like for Pokemon, I think I, they did. I haven't seen it. I have to look it up. Yeah. So I don't know. Um. Also, another little thing this reminded me of is that Hungry Burger actually is getting support. And it's coming out, I think, in this what next deck builder. Novels, novels. I forget. I don't. Exact. It's like a, a ritual uh, theme, a chef ritual theme, and then like right. a support hungry burger. Yeah, they work with the hungry burger. Are you looking up the? Uh, I'm trying to find this post Malone card. I think it's a magic card. I don't know if it's a magic or a Pokemon card, but like, basically, there is precedence for. Oh, here it is. I think it's see. called Post the Enchanter. Interesting. Human wizard. Ah. Okay, yeah, it does look like him. I mean, like, we've gotten, like, Tyler the Great Warrior, so a kid has been able to design a Yu-Gi-Oh card, so why can't we have, like, celebrity... Japan would never allow... Uh, Under no circumstances. So, yeah, I don't know. That's cool. If you guys ever happen to be visiting Japan, maybe go and pick up one of these burgers, take a picture of it, share it with us. I'd love to see. If I happen to actually be in Japan, which I won't be, but it'd be cool if I was, I would love to... To eat a hungry burger. You can make your own hungry burger. I could do that. I think there's a video on YouTube of somebody doing that. Or maybe Tombox did it. I don't know. But yeah, that's my story. All right. Uh, what you got? So last week we did talk a little bit about Lorcana. And there's a video of them showing off kind of their uh, foils. But uh, I want to see, get your like take on how Lorcana cards look. Okay, let me see. 
So they have a much more subdued foiling. Oh, okay. It kind of reminds me more of like how Magic the Gathering or somewhere does their foiling. Like, it actually reminded me a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh foiling with how the whole card isn't just rainbow foil. It's certain parts of the card artwork are foil Selective and other foiling. parts aren't. It, I find it to be more tasteful. So you like your foiling a little more subdued. Mm-hmm. What's I an example much. of bad card game foiling for you? So I, I know this is blasphemy. I actually don't like Starlight Rares. Yeah, I don't either. I they're don't just really think that they're covered in rainbow glitter. That's what it feels like when I see a Starlight. To me, I think um, a card game that sometimes goes a little overboard with the foiling for me Sometimes Pokemon cards can be a bit much. Like, it's a little too loud. Like, when they just do the... Like the gold cards? The gold ones are a bit much. Some of the rainbow cards, like... Oh, yeah. They're, the they're kind of cool, but also they can kind of be a bit excessive. I think Yu-Gi-Oh! does a pretty good job with, like, ultimate and collector's rares. Where the cards feel very mm-hmm. regal and, like, crisp. But not, like, over the top. Like, I, like Starlight... Doesn't really do it for me. A rarity that everyone loves that I only love because it was the first gaudy rarity is Ghost Rare. You'd call Ghost Rare gaudy? Just because it isn't... Ghost Rare is specifically what I don't like about foiling. Just the all over. It covers the card. Well, it doesn't actually cover the card. I think it's just the mon- <laughs> I think it's just the art. Or do you mean like that? Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. So I typically don't like it, but... It's retro, mm-hmm. and I like it on synchros. I will say it for sh- for a fact. I like Ghost Rare on synchros, but right. because they're already white cards. But otherwise, I actually don't like Ghost Rare. I like Ghost Rare on Xyz. I think it's the coolest contrast. Like it's okay on Xyz. I don't like that we don't get Ghost Rares anymore. We do in Ghost from the Past. <laughs> I don't want to hear that until you've bought a case so you can pull a Ghost. You'll never see me buy a case of Ghost from the Past. I do not like those guys. Sets. He's a YouTuber. Don't don't believe yeah, that. So, I mean, um, the Lorcana rarity though, it seems pretty normal. Like it's kind of, I've always found that like how a game does rarities actually says a lot about like its printing process. And to me, it's like quality and longevity. Like I think you have to have your rarities need to look a little special for people to really like take to mm-hmm. like for you know at least in my opinion, I don't. I know, like, Lorcana's got other things going for it. It's, like, a Disney thing, so they'll be fine either way, I'm sure. But um, the rarities so far are just, like, that looks kind of middling to me. It's just maybe a little unremarkable. I'll have to see it in person. They announced a Star Wars TCG. I know we've been talking a lot about uh, card game fatigue and how it feels like there are way too many of them. Well, in case you were... Short on card games to I'm be... so upset. ...potentially, you know, courted to play... With the Star Wars Unlimited TCG, Fantasy Flight is putting all its cards on the table. So, um... Why? (laughs) Fantasy Flight Games is stepping into the ring with a new Star Wars-themed trading card game to go up against Magic the Gathering and Disney Lorcana. Bit of a tie-in there. They've already just pushed Pokemon to the side. We're not even competing against that game anymore. Yeah, uh, called Star Wars Unlimited. It will launch in 2024 with a full 200-plus card set. An all-new art based on the original trilogy, alongside a full slate of organized play events. Speaking with Polygon ahead of Tuesday's reveal, co-designer Jim Cartwright readily acknowledged that he and his team would be fighting an uphill battle to earn the hearts of potential players. 
especially those burned by past experiences with Fantasy Flight's card game franchises. I don't know what else they've made. I'm looking it up. Is oh, it, wait, okay. Fantasy Flight? No, here it says it. Oh, okay. Um, Fantasy Flight's reputation as a publisher of card games is a bit rocky following a series of high-profile cancellations, including Netrunner, Legend of the Five Rings, and Star Wars Destiny. I don't know if you've heard of any of these games. I haven't heard of any of those. Yeah, it's like I said. <laughs> All right, so you playing a Star Wars TCG? No. And I love Star Wars, but I'm absolutely positively not doing that. So why not? Let's hear it. Uh, so coming, my card game experience comes with Yu-Gi-Oh! So I have a certain expectation for aesthetic that Star Wars cannot hit. Hmm. It's a live-action property. And if they even remotely try to capture the live-action original trilogy movies in card form, I'm not going to want to look at that. I don't want to collect the cards. I don't want to see them. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it a buck. I think that this just isn't really going to work. It And it's not because I don't like Star Wars, which I don't know anything enough. I don't know enough about Star Wars. I have an opinion on that part. It's more like... There's card game fatigue, man. Like, people... There's a lot of card games coming out, and it's just like, I don't know that people who even like Star Wars are necessary like i don't know how much crossover there is there like i'm sure i know there's some that's just not the way that i want to consume star wars content but now there are going to be some people who do that's not i don't think it'll be enough to sustain in this world dominated by magic pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. it also seems like it's just another one of these things where like they kind of slap an ip onto a game like i don't i'm not sorry that that's that's presumptuous of me i have not played this game or seen anything of it or whatever but I don't like when it kind of just feels like they take a popular property, like, oh, it's the Harry Potter card game. It's the, what, like, even, like, the Disney card game. Like, here's a thing that you recognize or are nostalgic for or that is just established, and we're going to, like, make a card game about it. The same could really even be said of, like, One Piece or something, although that seems to be doing pretty well. So. But that is about the same case here. You know, when you want to compete with Pokemon, you have to look at, why Pokemon's successful and one of the main reasons why it's successful is it's one of the it's the most widespread media franchise in the world. I mean Yeah, everybody knows so that. you pick another franchise that is it's also like right very popular and you're like, okay, I'll give it a card game. And that's fine, except the market here is not this is not some all encompassing market. Where are these new card gamers gonna come from? Yeah, that's something that I think you'd said before. It's like it's hard to I think that a lot of these card games kind of just court existing card game players mm-hmm. and try to kind of pull you away from whatever card games you currently play. And like for some people I think that does work. Like there are people who are kind of willing to just card hop, right? Like I'll just play a new game every few months. Not I. I I mean I I I am trying to learn magic right now and I've like dabbled in some other games, but it's it's tough to really pull me away from my games. Like if if we, I would love for Star Wars to be involved in card games, but you know how I'd like them in Magic or oh, like, more like, Cosmo wow. cards in Yu Gi Oh. You know, mm-hmm. that's how I'd like to experience Star Wars in card games. But a brand new TCG just for them. <sighs> my next like. Not all that hot take. Lukewarm take, really. Um, is I think that the properties that lend themselves best to card games in general are more like collector kind of summon creature type of properties. Right. So Pokemon, perfect. Digimon, also really good. 
And Yu-Gi-Oh, it's like literally just the whole thing. It's yeah, already, it's, you know, that's, that's the, the basis thing. of the anime. I guess you could say Maddox a bit of the exception, but I think that it all kind of falls apart where it's like Star Wars has no, to my knowledge, there's not like a collectible kind of like a creatures, monsters aspect. I know that there are like You creatures. collect people. Yeah. It's like, I know that that like exists in the, in there to some degree, but like, it's not like, I don't know. So it's like, what are the cards supposed to be? Like, it's just characters? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a bunch of Jedi, bounty hunters, droids. Yeah, so I don't know. I just think, like, when it comes to something like Digimon, it's like, I would want my, you know, Agumon, and it can evolve into Greymon, and that's something, it seems so easy to translate that into a card game, mm-hmm. like, evolving creatures and stuff like that, as opposed to, like, if I had to just say, like, oh, there's just going to kind of be, like, a Harry Potter card game, and the cards are just these... Spells. I guess spells or fantastic beasts, maybe that. I don't know. It's just it's something that it was not made for a card game, right. really. And so like they're just going to have to try to stretch the lore and like kind of st- and take a lot of creative license to sort of Wasn't try to force it to work. Harry Potter card game? No, I'm thinking Probably. About it. I think that yeah, I think there was one. I mean, I think every major property has had at least some s- collectible thing at at worst. Mm. So now here's one more thing that they say. We're not trying to get into anything crazy or fancy, Cartwright said. We wanted to focus all of our design on how we do, on how do we make the best card game, specifically in the focus on cards and the focus on the interaction of those cards and the kind of unlimited possibilities you get from being able to play with all of the Star Wars toys. So it is a non-gimmicky TCG, is what he says. I don't get it. So. So that means no like extra peripherals, kind of like the Bakugan card game? Yeah, he described the game as fast-moving with lots of back-and-forth between players in a given round. It means that you're not waiting for me to think about all the different things I have to do, play out my whole turn, maybe ruin the experience for you in a short burst of time. Um, It is really about this constant engagement of, I do a thing, you do a thing, that keeps everyone simultaneously focused on what's going on. So it seems like a very back-and-forth game, not like a, my whole turn, now your whole turn, now my whole turn. That's a complaint people have about Yu-Gi-Oh! at times, is that like it's not interactive as much anymore that means or they're not using the right hand traps so and i agree i think you guys more interactive than people are really giving it credit for but so yeah this is gonna be coming out in 2024 i won't be playing it <laughs> i will reserve my full judgment until after i've seen what the cards look like because I'm, I'm an aesthetic guy more so than anything else if the cards can just if they, they can, can just do you. something with the cards that interests me cool but I, I just have I just have very low expectations. I, I mean, Larry might like this. He likes Star Wars. So I have this story. I saw this this morning. Um, are you familiar with that show Antique Roadshow? No. So it's this TV show where they travel. They they travel around and they just kind of review slash sell. I think they even, they auction off things that they find on, as they travel around, I think the United States and the world. Okay. So normally things they get, they get things like oil, oil paintings, sports memorabilia and like jewelry. Right. But in this episode of antique Roadshow, a guy showed up or it was a girl. Someone showed up with a full set of base set Pokemon cards, a complete really? base set. Yeah, so I guess I'll be considered a master. Um, okay. They call it like a master collection or something like that. Yeah. And so, uh, what caught my what caught, kind of caught my attention about it is uh, one, it's like wow, man, Pokemon is just so mainstream that 
these Pokemon cards are being looked as like antiques and culture. Yeah. And then two, it could have been me. If only Yu-Gi-Oh was more mainstream. I wonder how much that's like worth. Like, did they did they evaluate those things or? Let's see. Um, after could fetch anywhere between five thousand to ten thousand dollars. Oh, only that much? Yeah, the binder can be anywhere from five thousand to ten thousand um, dollars. Hmm. I guess it just it had, it had something to do with the conditioning of the cards. But what's interesting is the story that they told. Um, my mom thought I was being taken advantage of in trades, so she bought me this complete set to save until I got older. Wow. So the mom actually kind of had the premonition that these cards would eventually be worth mm-hmm. a lot. It reminds me a lot of my mom because uh, for Alex and I, our our mom, she would buy us like those old like master collection sets and she okay. always kind of assumed that the like, Yu-Gi-Oh cards would over time accrue value. Yeah. And she hated that we would go to school and just trade them away. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> she told us not to do that so many times. It's so funny. I know, like, everybody always has, like, the constant sort of thing where it's like, man, if I had just known that, like, these Yu-Gi-Oh cards, these Pokemon cards would be worth a lot, like, you know, oh, I still have some in my closet, but then you find out, like, you didn't use sleeves and you didn't. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of makes me um, think, like, I know we kind of talked about this last week. The age of that is just, like, over now. Because yeah. there now everybody knows to preserve anything that might have a perceived value today, and they know to like get it graded really fast, yep. and they know that like they want like there's like almost this market of like spin it quickly. So it, I think that I guess the charm of it is like you only really have the big high dollar cards if you were one of the very few people who like took care of your cards and like was really collecting them back then and really probably just didn't use them at all. So I mean, that's like, kind of what it would take to keep a collection in good condition since, what, what was this, 1999? Yeah, 1999. Yeah. Hmm. And you're <clears> right. <throat> it is kind of a cultural thing now. Like, the, like Pokemon's in a pawn shop. Or not a pawn shop, but, like, a like the Pokemon's, like, at, a, like, an antique kind of auction pawn thing. Yep. And talking about selling for thousands of dollars. And, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh!, it just never quite hit that same level of mainstream popularity. I mean, but we've talked about before, just the sheer, um, the marketing genius that was late 90s, early 2000s Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, real, like, pop culture phenomenon. I mean, I think Yu-Gi-Oh! was experiencing that for a couple of years on its release. It's just that I think Yu-Gi-Oh! is, there's a few reasons why I think Pokemon's probably does better. Hey, it's got the video games. So like the video games push it that's well like over the top. The number one reason, but also it's kind of more of a like cutesy collectible monsters thing, mm-hmm. which Yu-Gi-Oh doesn't have like kind of it's a little darker, a little grittier. And like the monsters don't have much individual personality outside of the like iconic ones. So like you can pretty much have an opinion on all of the like 900 however many Pokémon there are. Whereas with like Yu-Gi-Oh there's only really about you know, you ask someone to name Yu-Gi-Oh! Monsters, they might get to, like, a ten, a dozen or so, maybe. I'm sure I can get into the hundreds. I mean, so, um, and I think, actually, my third reason, it's maybe more of, like, a hot take. I think people still see Yu-Gi-Oh! to some degree as, like, a Japanese property, whereas Pokemon managed to, in those early 2000s, like, late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. 
transcended the it sort of shed the skin of being like anime or like a Japanese thing. It was just sort of a worldwide kids love these cute creatures phenomenon thing. I mean, as a kid, I didn't know it was Japanese. I didn't even know what anime was. Pokemon was just Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. And to some degree, I think Yu-Gi-Oh had that for me when I was younger. Like it kind of was. Um, it was kind of that. I think the only thing that. Uh, well, it, it was a couple things. Yu-Gi-Oh wasn't as widely marketed mm-hmm. as Pokemon. You, they marketed the TV show in all places where kids would be. They marketed the cards in a much the same way. But, like, we were really lacking in the, like, video game, the books, those. Because th- the Pokemon covered everything yeah. you could put a Pokemon on. They and, sold it. and the plush and toys and mm-hmm. action figures, which Yu-Gi-Oh's had only really small bits of that. And a bit of a resurgence in the last few years. But, um. It's a little late for that now, but. Yeah. Oh, our light went out. Sideways, um, yeah. That's the saying that the podcast is over. <laughs> yeah, we no, just turn the light off. It doesn't mean no, that. but um, yeah. I don't know. I I think like I don't. Know, I don't want to turn into like a Yu Gi Oh versus Pokemon thing. But it's cool that you know this showed up. So there's nothing else that is uh, that's positive. Even if it's, or something could have been Yu Gi Oh cards instead. Okay, well, my next story is also kind of from one of these pawn type of places. Uh, this actually is something I probably should have had last week, but let me see. All right, here we go. New Netflix series shows Drake hunting for rare LeBron James collectible. Yeah. So, um, Mm. let me see if I can get like a good synopsis of this. Yeah. So looking into the world of collectibles and how these valuables have skyrocketed over the years, Drizzy Drake meets with, I write it like that. Meets with the founder of Golden Auctions, Ken Golden. The series revolves around the hunt for sports collectibles and the rareability of these pieces. It's hosted by Golden himself. Drake is seen with Golden looking for a rare LeBron James triple logo man card. The card itself features each NBA logo for every team he won a championship in. They're going to have to add the Lakers to that. And the exclusivity of this card is that only one exists. So Drake can be seen testing his luck, opening a box of sealed cards, not knowing what he'll pull. But he ends up pulling a $50,000 um, Penny Hardaway Logo Man card, a Larry Bird card, an Isaiah Thomas card, and another rare Michael Jordan card. But despite his best efforts, he was unable to pick up the LeBron card. So, I have to pardon my ignorance because I truly know nothing about uh, sports trading cards. cards. Same. Um, People really collect these? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that the sports cards, I think, were... So, my understanding, and like, I don't know a history of sports cards. I have never collected them. I just know that they are big. I think that the whole, like, you know, Pokemon cards and other stuff getting graded and all that, that whole culture comes from sports cards, first and foremost. But like, They've been around much longer, and I know that they're, they've been known, first and foremost, as collectibles. Whereas, like, our cards were meant to sort of be played with. Right. And then they... There's a game with ours. There's, like, a game. They they somewhat kind of became collectibles. Sports cards are pretty much always just... You just collected the cards of your favorite baseball player, basketball player. Mm. So... Yeah. And I I know they have, like, higher prices, too. I've just never met a, like, sports card collector who isn't in their, like, 
fifties. You know, neither have I. Um, neither have I. So I'm a bit surprised to hear that Drake collects sports cards. Maybe or maybe they just paid him enough so he that's so he claimed he does. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think Drake collects sports cards. I think that he got then him. again. I if mean, Avril Lavigne plays Battle Spirits, then which she doesn't. We not? know that was a paid ad. Oh my gosh, Paul. Okay, sorry. If anybody doesn't know, explain. So during the Battle Spirits, I think Vegas event, Avril Lavigne was was invited or at least or there. Regardless, she posted on Twitter. It, as a sponsored tweet, it says it in the tweet about how much she likes Battle Spirits. Yeah, and Battle Spirits Saga. Battle Spirits Saga. Card game. The Battle Spirits reboot. But um, it's a fucking lie. You have to be crazy. You'd have to be crazy to actually believe that Avril Lavigne is a Battle Spirits player. Like, I would. There's even, no. Chance. I would even go as far as to say Avril Lavigne like doesn't play any card games. I mean, okay, I'll say this. I don't, you know, I'm not going to presume to know what her personal interests are. I just know that when you are a celebrity, it becomes impossible for me to believe that you like anything that you, like, promote. Because, I mean, we've seen, like, just blatant, like, there are, like, times when celebrities will be, like, they'll have, like, a Samsung brand collab thing, and they literally like, are seen using iPhones and stuff. Or, right. like, you know, I love this video game console or whatever, and it's, like, they don't play games at all. Like, it's, it's very, so... So are you trying to tell me you don't believe Soldier Boy had his own game console? Well, me tried. Anyway, the point is, so, you know, Drake didn't get this card, but I think that the idea of showing somebody like Drake looking for cards and, like, collectibles maybe is like a... I mean, he did make Fortnite popular. That's true. Maybe he needs to play Yu-Gi-Oh. Question. All right. Drake aside, if you could get any celebrity to sit down and play Yu-Gi-Oh with the goal of exposing people to the game and possibly making it mainstream, who would it be? Hmm. A celebrity that like if they played Yu-Gi-Oh, help it blow up. I mean Drake wouldn't be a bad pick, but uh you can't pick Drake because Drake plays yeah. Pokemon baseball basketball cards. Man, like I want to, so my first thought was actually going to be like Taylor Swift. But the reason, it, because she's so popular. But then the reason I feel like I wouldn't is because I think that it would feel, it could not possibly feel genuine. Mm-hmm. Like, just people would know off the bat that like this must be like a paid, you know, just some. Right. So, I don't know, who do you think of? Uh, Michael B. Jordan. That's believable. That, that I. Yeah, we, we know he like watches I anime just, I just and stuff. feel like. He has played Yu-Gi-Oh! before. Even if he doesn't do it now, yeah. we just got to trick him into sitting down at a table. That's all I need. You get me Michael B. Jordan at a table, I'll take care of the rest. Yeah, I mean, like, that would be... That's believable, right? Like, he, we know that he's he's watched anime. We know that, like, that's inspired like some of the movies he's worked on. I, I could see that. I think, like, he, he probably actually did play Yu-Gi-Oh! At least I mean, dabble. On, man. Like, we're, like, I know what age group he's in. Like... The Star Decks were around. Yeah, he would have been. Yeah, for sure. I think also um, when it comes to celebrities like playing Yu-Gi-Oh, because we 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 ponder this question a lot actually ourselves. Like you know, if we were to get the chance to collaborate with someone like kind of bigger than Yu-Gi-Oh, how would you make the video? Like how would you make the content? And that's usually where the things get like sticky because Yu-Gi-Oh is a 
it's not really a game that you can like sit down and teach someone mm. quickly enough to like do content with them. Maybe you try like Master Duel or something, but even that has a pretty high barrier to like keeping up and knowing what to do. It's it's not the most beginner friendly game, especially when you're just trying to quickly turn it into content. Yeah, so that's kind of the hard part. Uh, it doesn't lend itself as well to uh, like kind of a quick collab with like a celeb. So, I mean, like, let me think. You could. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. You know who else I, I would like to play Yu-Gi-Oh with? And this is more of a personal thing. Hmm. Seth Rogen. You think he would play Yu-Gi-Oh? Probably. I think I think you could convince. I think he could be convinced. I think it's possible. And that's just more, I just think that would be fun. Yeah. Also, like, someone that seems like, it, I, I think they're too old to have really, like, been into Yu-Gi-Oh! But I think of, like, Keanu Reeves or somebody. Just someone very, uh, but he's like, he wouldn't have. Hey, Keanu Reeves is, like, that's non-problematic Keanu. He's on a pedestal. He's been And he's been on one for years. I'd take that. Yeah, so, I don't know, but... At any rate, this is sort of one of these like auction collectible shows. Maybe you guys can watch it. Uh, it's called King of Collectibles: The Golden Touch. So I won't be as long as looking at sports cards. Yeah, the the sports cards thing. Yeah, one other thing I was going to say about the sports cards is like I remember my parents tried to get me into sports cards as a kid a little bit. Like my dad got me some, and I just remember the first thought I always had was like, how do I play with it? Yeah, what do I do with these? Like, what do I do with it? Because I don't even know if maybe he collected cards or just knew that, like, some boys my age maybe did. But, like, I just, my first thought was, like, like how do I play it? Do I do I summon it? Do I, like, what's its effect? Like, <laughs> like is, it, is it in defense? Because I don't want to just, uh, like, just keep, like, sit it there. I know, like, it, there, there's some nowadays that are worth, like, millions or whatever. But, like, to me, I just wanted to play the cards. Yeah, I just want to play the cards. I think for those for those cards, you have to be a very big fan of the sports and the players. And the player, and like, yeah. If you, you know you get hockey cards and you don't know any hockey players, and well, yeah, I had hockey cards. I remember didn't know anything about them. Yeah, I just sports cards weren't my thing. Anybody in the audience? Maybe I mean, I'm sure some of you guys perhaps. Yeah, somebody here collects them, and if you do. Please edu- educate us just a little bit. Yeah. I don't know a thing. So, uh, yeah, that's my stories. You got anything else? No, that's all I had. Cool. Well, I guess that's going to be it then for episode two, two one, whatever you want to call it. One the next episode of, of The Pot of, of Greed. Greed. Um, yeah. So something that we were thinking that might be fun for next time, if you guys want to do this, is... Uh, we can take a few viewer suggested topics mm-hmm. and somebody suggested like putting them in the pot and drawing them, like I said. So uh, maybe we'll like, we'll do that and we can get a few. I'm just practicing. Yeah. The future. Harder. Might be a little awkward, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed. Of course, be sure to let us know down in the comments what you liked and any feedback and just other things. Share it with your friends. We'll try to have it up on Apple Music and all those other places that the places yeah we'll figure it out hopefully soon also working on like a logo and like some sort of an art and stuff so what do you guys think of us turning our faces into this oh goodness i don't want to be a pot of green man (laughs) we look like those people that got hit with joker gas in the old batman cartoons do your best pot of greed face we have to do our best pot of greed face okay what's your best one all right you do it into that camera three 
Wait, this one? Yeah, that one right there. All right, all right. That's all I got. Yeah, this is mine. I don't even know if you're smiling. Can't tell if it's a smile or not. All right, well, that's this episode. We'll see you guys next time. Um, Pass turn.